0: Let's at the very beginning. A very good place to start. When you read, really begin with ABC. When you sing,
1: grateful for Julie Andrews. <laughs> I've had a crush on her since I was eight. Yeah, yeah I just love to hear her sing. Uh, don't you have to admit that it's really difficult to watch this video without feeling just a little bit better, right? Uh, you're smiling or clapping or tapping your foot, and the, and the more we go, the more you kind of get, and, and you saw people in the film also just beginning on the outskirts to become part of the celebration. You know, the truth about things in our life is that we are contagious. So it's not a question of whether we're contagious or not. It's a question of what it is that people catch from us. And it turns out that we get to choose what people will catch from us. So today, in the last of this series, we're talking about moving from neediness to gratitude. And so I want to tell you that this week, I have really suffered with this topic let me tell you the couple of reasons why first of all I went down this sort of pitiful me kind of path at the beginning of the week about how many sermons about thanksgiving can one pastor preach (laughs) you know it comes around every year and have to try to think of something new and clever to say about it so how many you know so I kind of take myself off down that path about that Then the other part of my confession is that then the character that we choose in Scripture to look at today is Mary Magdalene. Do you know there is precious little about Mary Magdalene in Scripture? So, what am I going to say about that? Because there's just not a lot. So, I have to go down that pity party path about why did I get, you know, and then I think, well, you know what? I'll just call one of the other pastors on staff and have them preach this week. That'll work. Because I'm just through. So it turns out that this week was about me being under construction. Honest to goodness. It turned out that this was an opportunity for me to decide which paths I was going to go down and see maybe what God was trying to teach me or talk to me about. Or how my life might teach me in this week. So Mary Magdalene, in the scripture that we just read, again, there really is very little. In fact, there is so little about her in scripture that all most of what we have about her is speculation. Now, because there's so little, people have gone to great extents to speculate about her and what might be true. It was not until 1969 that even the Roman Catholics had to concede that there was not enough evidence to suggest for sure that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. But up until that time, that had been something that was deep seated in the belief. There's no evidence to that. There's no evidence about much of anything, but there is one little sentence in this Scripture this morning that really has caught my attention this week because it says that there was a time in Mary Magdalene's life when Jesus caused seven demons to leave her. And so Mary Magdalene became a disciple of Jesus because she was healed of these seven demons. Now here's the other truth. We don't really know what that means, the seven demons. It could mean that she had some sort of intense or serious physical illness from which she needed to be healed. It could have meant that she had a complicated mental illness. It could have meant the classic use of the word demon and that she was possessed with them it could have been some sort of testimony about evil we really don't know we just know that whatever it meant she found healing when she was with Jesus that's what we know so what happened to me this week Is that I had seven demons of my own and I didn't have them because I wanted to prepare for this service (laughs) they just happened to me and so I want to share with you about those seven demons because I feel a little bit like Mary Magdalene today and I'm going to share them with you because I have now reflected on it but trust me when they were happening I didn't have much reflection Not much insight. So my first demon was that we just took in in our house a rescue dog, puppy. And when we got her, Sadie, her papers said that she'd been spayed. When we took her to the vet to be checked out, we found out she was pregnant. (laughs) Now that was several weeks ago. The vet said she thought there were probably going to be six or seven puppies. Last Friday, though, while I was here in Houston, my partner called me. She had taken Sadie to the vet to get an x-ray because this is how you can tell how many puppies are really in there and tells me there are 10 or 11 puppies coming. So at my first break, I get my text, my phone out, and I'm texting our daughter, Savannah, and saying, you know what, I can't believe we're having 11 puppies. You better get yourself together because you're going to have to help. You can't be like, I was just raring on her. My daughter texts me back and says, Lulu, the most precious thing on earth are puppies, and we're going to have 10 of them. One demon down. All I could think about was the trouble. All she could think about was how precious those puppies would be then I got a letter this week from the IRS that's exactly what I thought (laughs) and this letter says that they have not received my payment for my 2006 taxes and they have added all the penalties that go with the fact that I haven't paid since 2006 or 4th 2006 well again I throw the letter on my desk I call my CPA and I am railing on her about why in the world are they doing this and then they have the audacity to put all these penalties on it who do they think they are what is this about I'm just you know and she says Lily you have the canceled check that shows you paid your taxes in 2006. All will be well. (laughs) Second demon down. (laughs) Then I have two friends, a couple who've been expecting a baby, and this week was the time for Avery to be born. But mom had some complications. They had to take her early to the hospital. Then they had to induce labor. During this time of labor, she was having lots of problems. The baby was really struggling. I went to the hospital to be with the family. And uh, we were just praying that everything was going to be all right. But it didn't really look all that good. And right in the middle of this, Andrew, the father, came out of the room. And he came over to me, and he was, you know, obviously kind of worried And I just said to him, Andrew, I'm so sorry. I mean, I know how excited you all were for this child, and I just pray everything's going to be all right. And he looked at me and said, Lily, I have never loved my wife more than I've loved her in the last 12 hours. So I was worried about what would happen. He was loving his wife. Baby Avery came about 12 hours And she is good. Third demon down. (laughs) I have a friend, Sheila, this week who had major surgery. She has breast cancer. She had a double mastectomy, and during the same surgery, they did reconstruction of her breasts, which means they had to cut her stomach open. Part of the reconstruction means that they have to connect the new tissue in the breast to an artery that will cause that tissue to live. In her left breast, when they started to do that, they discovered that the two arteries they were going to use had been clamped off in a previous set of treatment when she had Hodgkin's disease. The surgeon, though he was aware of this particular surgery, had never done it before and took an artery from her stomach and put it into her breast in order that that tissue might live. I left baby Avery and went to another hospital to see my friend Sheila. We weren't sure whether this artery was going to work. While we were waiting to hear, I was standing with Sheila at the hospital in her bed, and she was pretty groggy. And I was just worried sick about what was gonna happen for her. And I was really just like, what in the world? How did they not know that before they went in there, you know? And Sheila motioned me over closer to her, and she took my hand, and she said, Lily, would you, I, I'm too, too sleepy, but could you say a prayer and thank God for pulling me through this? Amen. So I got called out, didn't I? Because Sheila knew that to speak words of gratitude right now were more healing than anything else we could do. Fourth demon doubt. Then, the company that holds my retirement account, one of their representatives called me. Now, I want you to know, this really did all happen this week, (laughs) and she has to give me the bad news that recently I've lost a lot of money in my retirement account because of the market. I'm sure that that sounds familiar to many of you. And so I got all distraught about how in the world are we going to get that much money back into my account? I don't see how that's ever going to happen. I was just, again, right? And she said, Lily, I am so surprised. I mean, as a person of faith, I would have thought, ah, that was hard, you know, it's like, oh, oh, <laughs> She said, you know what, you're going to retire 12, 14 years from now. There's time for this to recover, and you're a person of faith. She called me out, five demons down. Then my mother called this week. (laughs) Turns out I have good feelings about my mother. (laughs) And she's had sore throat and some problems, and she went to the doctor, and they found some nodules on her throat, and they're going to have to biopsy them, a little concerned they might be cancerous. And I said, oh, Mom, that is not good news. (laughs) You know, you have such major history of cancer in your family. This is really not a good thing. And she said, yes, but I don't have a history of cancer. called out again six demons down (laughs) and then yesterday afternoon before I flew to Houston I spent the afternoon with my daughter we had planned this trip to the makeup store she loves makeup God bless us all and help me (laughs) so we will Ulta if you don't know or if you care uh, is a makeup store And so we went and spent the afternoon. Now, I just spent two and a half hours in the makeup store with my daughter. And um, at one point, she was showing me some products and stuff, and I went over to the mirror. You know, there's this light shining down on this mirror, and I was trying on something, you know. And all of a sudden, I just was, like, looking at the mirror, and I said, oh, my gosh, Savannah, where did all of these wrinkles and lines come from? I said, I didn't know it was that bad, really. And she said, Lulu, it's nothing that a little concealer won't help. So she runs over and gets a little concealer and starts putting it on me. You know, it's the truth. Nothing that a little concealer wouldn't help. Seven demons down. You see, there were people in my life this week who were contagious in a way that pointed out my tendency, at least this week, to run down some path of the worst thoughts I could think of And they were contagious in my life and reminded me that there were still things for which I could be grateful. And if I would think about that, I didn't feel nearly as bad. I got called out. I believe that the demons were called out of me by the people in my life that I encountered this week. It made me realize that I get to choose and you get to choose how we're going to use and participate in gratitude in our lives. Now, the experts say that neediness is this. It's our making other people responsible for our happiness. And gratitude, according to the experts, is the single most healing exercise In the universe more than love more than grace healing comes with gratitude now this comes down to something very very simple but not to be confused with easy if it were easy we would be doing it all the time but it is just this simple in every moment when you wake up in the morning when you get a break during the day before you go to sleep at night, we can choose to think about what is around us that we can be grateful for. Or we can choose not to. Or we can choose to engage in quite the opposite. And that is all the stuff that we don't like, all the stuff we think we don't have, all the things that have gone wrong, we get to choose. It's simple, perhaps not all that easy. Mary Magdalene is mentioned a couple of other times in Scripture. The demons were called out, and she is mentioned as a woman who was at the cross when Jesus died, and she is the first person to have been at the open tomb. It causes me to see this picture of her life and mine and yours. That if we will go all the way to the cross where we see our life as it is, sometimes there's tough stuff in it, but then we go to the tomb, the open tomb, and realize that with a grateful heart, all things can be made new. And so, my friends, if you will do this for me, think about this week, just one week. Before I get out of bed, I'm going to say three things I'm grateful for. When I take a break in the day, I'm going to think of one thing I'm grateful for. And before I go to sleep at night, I'm going to thank God for some things in my life, just for one week, and then see what happens. It's simple. It's simple. And then I want you to remember this, that if you'll look hard enough, there are always people out there who are more challenged by life than you are. And nothing will make you more grateful than that.
2: I wasn't ready. legs, but I'm very thankful that I have my little chicken drumstick here. People freak out when they see me for the first time. It's so cool. I was at a water slide um, all by myself. Everyone obviously at the bottom of the slide is looking up and waiting for other people to come down. And here I come and they're freaking out. They're like, you know, like this. And I'm so tempted to look at myself and go, what happened? You know. there were times where I sort of looked at my life and thinking, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. And you keep on concentrating on the things that you wish you had or the things that you wish you didn't have. And you sort of forget what you do have. And there's no point, I believe, in my life where I wish I had arm's legs, I wish I had arm's legs, I wish I had arm's legs, because wishing won't help. But what I've seen in life are just a couple key principles. And the first thing that I've seen is to be thankful. It's hard to be thankful man. I tell you, when I was eight years old, I I sort of summed up my life and thought I'm never going to get married. I'm I'm not going to have a job. I'm not going to have a life of purpose. What kind of a husband am am I going to be if I can't even hold my wife's hand? It's a lie to think that you're not good enough. It's a lie to think that you're not worth anything. Oh it's freezing. I can't feel my hands. <laughs> I love life. You know, so many people come and say, how come you smile so much? And I'm like, well, it's, it's, it's a long story. <laughs> but it's very simple at the same time. You see, it's very hard to smile sometimes in life. There are things that happen that you don't know and you don't understand, and you don't know if you're going to get through it. You know, you go through your storms in life, and... You don't know how long this storm is going to be, and today I want to share with you some principles that I've learned in my life that you can use in yours. Being patient is beautiful. I tell you, it's the hardest thing. But I realize I may not have hands to hold my wife's hand, but when the time comes, I'll be able to hold her heart. I don't need hands to hold her heart. You know, it is scary to know how many girls have eating disorders. It is scary to know how many people are just angry at life because of their situation at home and angry at others. It's scary to know how many people actually feel like they're worth nothing. Every single girl right here, right now, I want you to know that you are... You are gorgeous just the way you are. And you boys, you the man.
1: So it's easy to complain. It's easy to figure out what isn't going right. It's easy to indulge all the difficulties of our life. And it's just a little bit harder to stop and say, still, there is so much for which I can be grateful. And we get to choose in every single moment. This is the great gift of God to us, that we get to choose what we will see and what we will notice and what we will talk about. I want all of you to take your gratitude cards that you were given coming in, If you haven't already, I want you to take your pencil and begin to write things on this card. And while the choir sings, as you feel led, I want you to bring these cards and put them in our gift box. This is a gift box that we will take into Advent with us as we anticipate the greatest gift of all. We'll take it as our way of saying that together we are a community of gratitude and We are a community that is healing. As you feel led, come and put your gratitudes in the box as a gift.